but uh, let's do it right. I think we got it going this time. Uh, you, oh, you got rid of the... I got it. Try, try to do a little enhancement today, everybody. Bring uh, bring the full full audio experience this season, but not quite ready for a microphone, it looks like. We'll have to test this in uh, in different times, but look, this is this is prime time here. This is our, our first one of the season. Very important, so we just got to do it the right way, you know? The, the way that we've always done it before, and uh, we'll, we'll just get it done today. So, yeah. Ira, how, how you feeling? New season's upon us. Uh, a lot to discuss today. A lot's gone on since our last podcast. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited here for this new season upon us. Yeah, it feels like uh, I guess it's only been like three months, I think, when we were looking uh, in the podcatcher history. But it feels like it's been uh, years. I don't know. Like you know, it feels like we're in a different existence now, just the, with the way the world is operating. Uh, back at a little more like full speed again. Um, but I'm glad fantasy is upon us. 82 game season, the traditional uh, 20 week regular season. Uh, you know, it's gonna be a proper, proper big boy years uh, campaign this time around. Yep, and I, and I can't imagine any scenario in which like that gets cut short or anything is like broken down. I'm pretty optimistic this year there will be fewer like COVID missed games and maybe we'll have a little bit more rhythm to the season that way. Um, but uh, you know, it's a little further down in our rundown, but I'm going to start with it. Um, I, I couldn't help but thinking, and I guess we'll talk about more of the the off season ongoing. Uh, we've passed some pretty significant rule changes for uh, for the first time in a while. That should have an impact on, you know, how things are done and should be less arguing. Um, reminds me a bit of Game of Thrones and, you know, where, where that show kind of picks off and the story kind of picks up, picks up uh, initially. Like, are we, in, are we in for, like, the long summer here? Are we in for the long seasonableness of reasonableness? I, I don't see any way that that's not the case. I mean, I think you need to define reasonable. I mean, you know, it's a... Uh, I don't know, by our league standards, I mean, uh, I don't know, we, we've, I guess we passed some things, but like, like are you saying no regular season tips? There won't be any uh, text chain freakouts? Oh, I'm Is sure there will be a few, but I, I think that they'll be mostly like, now we have like solutions for how to handle these things and like without having to debate it for three hours and we have like most of the, most of our time arguing about it are prevented by the the major rule change that we put into place, so I think we're in a we're we're like, you know, we're in a good place. It will be tested this year because the managers that tend to be on the bottom, uh, when things go down, tend look like they're again. Um, so I think we'll 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 find out pretty quickly if this is the case. But I think if all goes well this season, we're we're in we're in for a pretty good trip here. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. Last season, I guess, was a unique case. I mean, I don't know, like it, like. The, the big arguments were what, like the the auction thing? Like that's like such an unusual like precedent to well, the, like uh, imagine Ira, the, happening Ira, again. Ira, the auction and the Mike Conley trade that led to the Conley Accords. Like how the do Mike you forget Conley, that? I, the Mike Conley trade was just like, I don't even know why that got attention. That's the, the real shift in the league isn't about being – I get the reasonableness now is just that the league has become an activist league. People are like woken up. You know, they were just going through – you know, the time change and, you know, they, there was a revolution happening outside and nobody wanted to do anything about it. You know, that that's, you know, the, the two managers that, you know, came forward, Corey and Andrew, who, you know, had little to offer during the Conley and Court process. And we just needed those couple people to come forward and actually say, okay, I want to change things. 
and voila, we could do stuff, you know? I mean, that, that's this what, is what I'm saying. Well, we're, we're, now, we're now in a place where I think we're going to be able to, you know, have maintained time yeah, where we're not going to be. too. Like that not, but, 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 the first time no, 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 but we really is, people saying. You're missing the point, Ira. The point is that we're going to have this, I think we're going to have this period now where we're not going to have these awful arguments once per season where you and I have to come on the podcast after the trade deadline saying, I can't believe this shit happened. And, and like, is this ever going to be changed? I think we made the change. Um, obviously, there's always more more tinkering to do, but I think the the biggest thing that's been haunting this league for years has been addressed, which is really good. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that more. Um, the big news really this week, though, is that you know, and, and we'll get back to the things that have happened leading up to it. But team previews are underway. We got yeah three team previews under your belt already: uh, Levy, Eric, and myself. Um, which you know. You didn't. You seem pretty reluctant to do team previews, but you're you're kind of ripping them off pretty rapid fire here. Uh, seems like you're in a, in a bit of a groove. Yeah, I'm starting to get into my, I guess, like nighttime routine again. You know, where I just gotta stretch myself a couple hours extra. You know, and uh, find the mental space to start typing away. Um, yeah, I give everybody one courtesy re- uh, read through just to fix up the errors and everything. Make sure it's legible for you guys on the back end. But uh, yeah. We're getting there. It's 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 good too for you know just uh, my own my own progress throughout the season. It's a lot easier when I just have like the mental capacity to recognize where these players are and what's impacting every team. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to discuss. It's like seeing old friends again. You know, it's nice just going down for that walk down memory lane. I think I think it's necessary. I think it gets you in the right mindset for the season. I think uh, they have been more legible than than in you know past years. You're really you know improving on that. And uh, I, I do, I have to note that the ignorance of Ira has been pretty feisty so far this season. Uh, what's what leaned into that decision by you to kind of go more aggressive on the ignorance of Ira? Oh, me, I don't know. I, I think it's just, yeah, I think the league is at a, I guess we're being a good, good place in conversational pieces. And, you know, it's, uh, I think managers have reputations and I'm just, I'm trying to uh, let them speak to their place in the league. And it seems, it seems natural. And there's just been a lot of there's been a lot of conversation. I mean, I think I think the power is Zoom. You know, in person meetings for our group just don't work out well. I think is a, a reality. Just like you know, shenanigans are bound to ensue in that kind of format. Uh, yeah, whenever we have a situation where like most of us could be whispering to the person next to each other a joke at someone else's expense, like we're not going to get anything done. Is is pretty much what it seems like. I do like that this year we were kind of able to uh, you know meet up for a little bit of uh, fun times in the evening of, of that day and. Uh, not that we necessarily celebrated it, and it wasn't really exclusive to the managers thing only, but uh, it's it's good to to get together in person a little bit to to have a good time as a as a memory of the early days of the managers meeting. So I th- thought that was a nice touch as well. Um, let's talk. Uh, you know, previews are going to come. Uh, oh, I, I was I was given some next, some I'm sorry good. news to Liana that that the microphone she got him is not quite working right now. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It'll go. Uh, we'll, get some, um, we'll get some IT support. No problem. I was given uh, some rough grades so far. He gave a D plus to Levy. He gave, what did he give to Eric? I don't, I don't remember the actual grade. I read the whole thing, but I don't remember the grade. Eric received his C minus on the uh, he, for his he review. Got a, he got a C minus, and I, I probably got one of the nicest reviews you've ever written about a team and wound up with a B minus. Um, but let's <laughs> – uh, I, I think I think you're being on the cautious side, where you're, you basically said in there that if, if things pan out 
well, I, I could be looking at a very, very strong team and otherwise, but I think you're going with the safe bet of, you know, have things kind of flopping and, and being B minus. Um, let's, let's kind of talk, I guess, early prediction of, you know, playoff picture. Um, I, I know that's something that's on your mind a little bit and, you know, that's not as detailed as the, the in-depth team previews, but let, let's kind of talk about how things shaped up, right? Yeah, we could, I mean, yeah, it's certainly worthwhile. I think, you know, we can always touch on every team and kind of give a, a loose analysis of like where we think they landed. Um, and I guess let, let's start, start at the top, I guess, and we can work our way down towards more of the bubble squads. Right. So, I mean, I think uh, everyone came away pretty impressed with a, uh, Shabir's team by the end of the draft, right? And he, yeah. uh, it was, I mean, it was a very loaded Shabir board. And it's been rare that we've seen Shabir active in the trade market. Uh, usually he likes to just stand pat and, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal to trade his players. But, uh, I mean, he came into it with two third-round picks, two fourth-round picks, two fifth-round picks, three ninth-round picks. Uh, pretty loaded slate. Um, and, yeah, I think he did a good job with the draft overall. Um, yeah, I think really he's only like, you know, Kyrie's a little bit risky, but like he, it's not costing him really much on this roster based on, you know, what he had available to him. Um, if this team stays healthy, it'd be very hard to see it not performing to a regular season, you know, top three place. Um, it, you know, if not. So I, I don't even think we need to spend much time on him. I think, I think even with his kind of, you know, six moves per season managing that he's done the last few years here. I, I think this has to be a player, assuming he avoids catastrophe here. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I mean, I think, I mean, the Kyrie pick, I mean, I think that's the kind of luxury stash you make when you have so many of these loaded picks, you know? I mean, you have Absolutely. all these top keepers. Like, you know, it's, I mean, I think the the league might have been, if, if we're concerned about moves and whatnot, it might not have been smart to expand the roster so much and make the IL spots so plentiful. Um, and the reality is, you know, somebody like Chavir can, you know, just keep a Kyrie in his IL spot all season and he'll be no, he powerful can't. in the playoffs. They're not, oh. I don't think they're going to give him the IL spot. You don't um, think so? I, I have a feeling Yahoo's going to take a stand and say that anyone that is not able to play due to, to uh, you know, refusing to get vac- uh, vaccinated should not be afforded the luxury of being put on the IL. Um, so, yeah. I know they're gonna to have to come up with some sort of formulation to explain why he's uh, he's, he's showing us out right now. He's not showing he's injured. So, I mean, I can't I can't see it going the other direction. Uh, that seems crazy to me. I don't know. I guess it's like uh, the player's not relevant in like fantasy at that point. Like he shouldn't even be in the system. I don't know. It's like, well, uh, maybe he'll get the NA the 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 you know scary NA the NA rating. Yeah. All right, let's, let's not spend too much more time here because, like, this team's stacked. We, like, I'm sure we'll be talking about this team a lot during the regular season. Uh, let's go down alphabetically. That's probably the easiest way to go, right? Uh, alphabetically. Not that simple in this. They don't do alphabetical, really. But let's say, let's say the Garrett's team, I think. Okay. That's probably one of our other, like, uh, big contenders to come out of the draft. And Garrett came into it with two third-rounders, uh, three sixth-rounders, three eighth rounders um he had two fifths and no fourths so you know we're talking about a couple extra six round picks extra third round picks so definitely plenty to work with um you know garrett's another one of these teams that kind of seems to have on years and off years 
Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, it seemed like Garrett got most of the guys he wanted. He was very plugged in coming into the draft process. Um, and yeah, he he I mean, very much, I don't think he was joking around when he said that um, everything was going exactly how he wanted it to. And he was basically getting the guys where he wanted. Um, kind of like looking at my spreadsheet going to the draft. It, it, it seems like Garrett and I must be kind of ranking these guys in a similar manner. Cause he was, he was like pulling the trigger on things like right kind of before I wanted them. Um, I think it's a good roster. I think he could have maybe gambled a little bit more. I'm like, a lot of these are like cutesy, good value picks. He may, he may have, you know, maybe could have gotten for a little more firepower. Um, you know, especially if you have, there are some guys on here that like, will go through stretches of, of not being great. Um, but I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid roster. If he's able to rotate the back spots of like Jordan Poole and Jay Sean Tate, uh, you know, and, and I think Wiggins will be gone within a few, a few weeks, if not days. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty strong roster. It's not like Trevere's where like, like, you know, things could definitely go wrong on this roster. Um, and that's kind of the risk here, but it, it's, there's enough good pieces here that like some should pick up the slack, you know, where, where certain ones fail. Yeah. Um, definitely there's enough talent here that I don't think you'll have too many issues like being uh, like a play in the playoff conversation. Uh, like I don't see him losing a lot of early matchups when other teams are trying to settle into some talent. But uh, I mean, look, I think this is the luxury when you have every pick in the ninth round or sooner, like you can, you can get these reaches. So, I mean, I was, I was a pretty big fan of like Gafford and like Jordan Poole coming into the draft. And like, I mean, I can't, I don't have the luxury of taking those guys, but when you have all these early picks, you know, it's easy to grab them in the eighth and ninth round. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to have to be, I mean, like someone like Andrew Wiggins though. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that was just like a talent grab and like, he's not really useful in that. Like, he's just like an inefficient player, just going to drag you down kind of more than help you. And like take a roster spot all season, uh, you know, yeah, this like team that. doesn't need scoring. This team doesn't need any more scoring really. Like, like if you need, like, I could use Andrew Wiggins on my team because I have no scoring on my team. But, like, Garrett, he, like, he has plenty of it. It's not really uh, all too necessary. Um, so I'm sure he'll, he'll make that adjustment pretty quickly and not too much to worry about there. All right, pretty, pretty strong roster. Where, where are we going next? Uh, let's, let's go to the, uh, the dick joke section, uh, Corey Hirsch. Uh, he came into it with an extra third rounder, extra fifth rounder, uh, extra seventh rounder and an extra ninth rounder. So, you know, his last pick was in the 11th round. Uh, you know, an inconsistent squad, usually Corey from year to year. Uh, yeah, I think it was a bit up and down the draft. I mean, you know, he, he, he played to the crowd a little bit, had to grab Kemba there in the seventh round. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, like RJ Barrett to me is the worst keeper probably across the entire league. And that's, you know, it's so, I mean, he kept him in the ninth round, which is okay, but not my favorite target. And in terms of the early round picks, I don't know, like, eh, Jimmy Butler, I mean. This is two years in a there, row. He didn't learn from Levy's mistake last year, reaching for Russell Westbrook in the, in the. Oh well, yeah, the Westbrook round. pick. Yeah, I, I think he was connected for all these picks in the early rounds. Uh, I don't know how to correct this. We'd misremember, but you know, the guy missed half the draft. Uh, Russell Westbrook definitely is a no-no, and I don't know, Gordon Hayward in the fifth round to me, injury guy. Like, 
not my favorite injury guy. Injury guy in like is it is it at the point of his career where like if there's young guys out playing him, he's just not gonna keep the minutes anymore. Like the, the team's not gonna be loyal to him at all. So uh, he needs to needs to keep that spot up. Norm Powell, I think to me is like a guy that's been a little bit overrated by by fantasy services. Um, he's like a very nice NBA player, but I'm not sure if he's like a consistent fantasy producer. Um, you know, there's a lot of these guys like Mitchell Robinson. How, how many games will he play this year? Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid. How many games are they going to play this year? Jared Allen. There's that loaded front court in Cleveland and you know, we'll, we'll see if he can do it for a whole season. It's just a lot, a lot of injury risk on this team, which has been a Corey staple the last few years. And when you have this many guys that are gambles, uh, you know, because right. We just talked with Garrett's roster about the gamble you take on, on, uh, you know, kind of shooting for the stars with certain with production, production gambles. Corey has production gambles and injury gambles, which uh, is a lot of risk for one team. Um, if, if things shake out well and he manages a little bit, we're, we're talking a fringe playoff team, I think here. Yeah, you would think, I mean, yeah, a lot of this just comes out of the injuries that people can, you know, they kind of luck out so they don't have to make too many moves. But, yeah, I mean, Corey has been willing to make moves in the past. I mean, he, he has had a different situation now with the, a long-term girlfriend, now living together, you know. <laughs> that, that that complicates things. It's, a, it's definitely a change in lifestyle, you know. Who knows if he could be on the phone all day. With the way gambling's huge now, it's very easy, you know, to just focus on, you know, just be on stars rather than checking the fantasy box scores and, you know. Making the moves you need to be successful, but uh, 58 moves last year, decent amount for a, you know, a team that struggled. So uh, he should be in the well, conversation. And... I do, I do. We have to see what you know how last season mentally impacts him coming into this year because I think he really last year thought he was a playoff team, felt it until I kind of forced his hand on that trade right right at the mm-hmm. end of the season, uh, and he was not too happy with that. So like, I think maybe he's gonna make. He's a manager. Maybe we'll see make a move early in the season to kind of solidify their roster early on, and so they don't have to kind of be struggling as week you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen rolls around. Um, and and if, and if it's not going well, maybe he'll cut bait early this season. So we'll see. Um, he should be around the hunt. Where, where are we going next? Uh, let's head over to Duran. I think at this point, uh, another team with a. A pretty nice draft board to work with. I think what he had, let's see. He had three fourth rounders, three sixth rounders, uh, no seventh or ninth round. But uh, so definitely a a little boost there in the early going to uh, give him some edge. Um, You know, kept Zach Levine, kept LeBron. uh, Both those situations got a little more crowded. Um, I don't know. Personally, I mean, preferably – the numbers are there. I am a little concerned just about that little guy taking a pounding uh, as like Toronto's go-to guy. Um, so if he's healthy, it's all good, but I wouldn't just bank on that necessarily. You know, the, the 20, what, eighth pick in the draft. Um, yeah. I mean, he got OG, which is, I mean, beginning of the fourth round, I don't know. OG has got to become like a 20 point a game kind of guy to justify uh, that pick. So, well, it wouldn't be shocking to see him getting there with, you know, with Lowry going, someone has to fill those, those shots. And I don't see why it wouldn't be him. I like this roster. I think uh, DeJounte Murray, uh, where Duran got him was pretty good value. I think Ben Simmons, where he got him was probably great value, even with his, his woes and, and all that. Like if he's, he's playing at all, like it's good. And, and I think he's going to play as well. 
uh, whether yeah. they like him or Purdue's not. Purdue's always been rosier. Yeah, so yeah. that's looking like it's going to be a win. Yeah. Um, I think Duncan Robinson, may, like, he's just a strong fantasy role player. Having Jamal Murray in the injury slot, like, he's like that guy's a worker. He's going to be back probably by January, um, I, w- I would think, from that injury and probably in really good shape to, to boot. Um, and uh, I, I just don't see that many flaws on this roster. Like, Spencer Dinwiddie, another mm. guy, like, he's obviously coming back from ACL. Um, but like, I think he's going to be determined to show that he is the, the true number one point guard on a team uh, and possibly a good team. Um, like, there's a lot that could go right here. Another team with some like with Chris Dabbs, he has some built-in injury risk. Um, no, they're, they're, I mean, yeah. there's definitely a positional yeah. imbalance. I mean, that's you know, there's yeah. definitely a lack of big man stats. You know, you have but, Jonas, but, who's like going to be very good, but besides that, you know, you're baking on Chris Dabbs to have a big year. Like, I don't know. There's there's definitely some risk. Uh, yeah, in that in those categories. So if he if he rebounds this is a little bit, um, you know, and and I guess you'd have to see which of his point guards he wants to separate from to do that. But like if he rebounds a little bit, uh, it, it's a nice roster. He has to manage. He has to stay on top of it. Like, and if one of these guys, like if Jer- if Jeremy Grant this year doesn't get off to like a flying start, he needs to not be sentimental for him last year and and cut bait. You know, um, there, there's a few guys on here like. Like, let's talk about Colin Sexton and, and the point guard situation in Cleveland. Like, it's crowded. They have Garland. They have Ricky Rubio now. Like, there, there's a chance that, like, one of those guys just isn't, isn't like, going to be content and not playing well while they're on Cleveland. So, like, if it's not working out, like, he's going to have to make his move and just rely on the rest of the roster to do their thing and, and not get hung up that he wasted a high draft pick. Um, and we'll, we'll see if Durant can do that. I think that's one of it, been one of his flaws in the past. Duran's come a long way, so yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm hopeful he's willing to make the moves. Just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, there's the imbalances, like any staffs or Valanciunas issues, like, and this team's in big trouble, big real fast. But I mean, you know, with the uh, the Zion news, I guess we could we could flip over to Dan's team. I mean, Valanciunas is going to find himself in a a very nice situation as uh, he enters this season. He's going to be a workhorse for the Pelicans, even if they're yeah. losing, you know, whatever. I don't know, six, seven out of ten games probably on a regular basis. Um, but, yeah, Danky's team, Dan missed the draft and did something with his pre-draft rankings, but not clear what exactly. I mean, in terms of the picks he had to work with, I mean, he was down his fourth rounder and down his eighth rounder. So, I mean, Dan's never had the draft from behind before. So, uh, could be a tough year. Could be a tough year, I think. This looks like a classic Dan finishing below 350 win percentage season going on here. Um, he already has two injury notes. Uh, Siakam, I think, going to come back on the sooner side, maybe. But um, Paul George is going to have to carry the load with Kawhi out. I don't even know if that's really good for him, like, long-term. Um, like, f- short-term fantasy, like, yes. Uh, Rogier continues to be good. I think Justin Holiday's a decent fantasy guy on Indiana this year if he doesn't get past um uh, uh this team just just talk about positional imbalance he has one guy with point guard eligibility um not not great and it, it, by the way it does seem like yahoo cleaned up they used to give a lot more guys point guard eligibility and it seems to have dropped this year uh though i don't have a stat on it i, I could look that up based on since i have save files from last year's pre-rankings and this year but uh it, it does seem like there are fewer point guards out there 
Um, maybe, maybe like this team and Durant's team should just make a swap before the season starts and, and hope for the best. Um, I don't know. There, there's the, a lot the, to be. There's a lot to worry about here. And and with the Zion injury, I mean, it's not even clear when he'll be back. And I mean, it seems that the Pelicans are just trying to sell season tickets, maybe, and keep the fans uh, invested by not acknowledging the injury. Um, but you know, I mean, between him and Siakam, I mean, that's two of Dan's four guys that are scoring more than uh, I think five guys that are scoring more than 15 points a game. So, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it, with them both out, those teams could get crushed every week. Yeah, um, I just I, I just hope well, Dan doesn't have his – we can't veto his trade. Well, I guess we, we kind of can. You know, <laughs> he he can do whatever he wants. I think he just needs to be very smart about getting value for his guys this year when, when that happens because I think it's not a matter of if but when. Um, let's not spend more time on this. I'm sure we'll be pounding him at some point in the season, but let's let's let it happen for today. I I, I guess there's a chance things to. I no, I really can't. I I think there's just not enough stat categories. Like he's all these big guys, but they're not even like monster block getters. You know, right. yeah, he's not really killing it in any category. No, and you could see no one on this team averages more than no one on this team averages more than one block per game. Sorry, Covington. Robert Covington's the only one. And I don't even know that's, that's going to be the case because they didn't uh, – who's Portland's big guy now? They got somebody. They got, they got Larry Nance Jr. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think he'll probably be doing more of the rim protecting this season. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Who's, who do we got next here? Uh, let's hit uh, the new team name in the league, Nostra Giannis. Um, good press release. Glad you, glad you got the print room up and running for the season, Paul. Well, yeah, I always, I always like when I'm able to get, um, you know, some access journalism going on here. You know, John reached out to me, did the right thing, said I have, I have an announcement to make. Uh, he sent it over. I judged it up a little bit, um, and and we had a nice little press did release. He, did he have veto proof on that press release? Was he able to, you know, kind of give his uh, his feedback and make you tailor it to his requirements? Or? Oh, he was John. The basic, the basics. I uh, I sent him a, a draft, and he said looks good to me, and you know, he was fine with the joke at his expense. And right, uh, so it wasn't like a, it wasn't like the LeBron James are coming home letter to Sports Illustrated. No, I, I'm Gray Ara. I would rather you know not publish than than be a Jim Gray. Uh, this team is good. Um, this team, I think, should be one to be feared. I think John is going to be locked in. Um, I think he's heard our gripes about his management style. I think uh, he's gotten the players uh, that he wants for how he wants his team to be. Um, I think he's a little rough on the centers as well. Maybe Dan, another target for Dan. He has Al Horford, who's a backup, and like, I feel like he may play five to ten minutes a game. And he has Nurkic, uh, who, again, they're probably going to just try to keep healthy to the playoffs. Um, so, but, but the rest of this roster is really strong. I think he should be able to eke out a lot of 5 4 that nature like he likes to. Um, and like, I don't see, like, I don't see such major risk throughout this roster. No, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, in terms of, like, risk, yeah, I think this roster is in, you know, pretty good shape in terms of, like, the health and durability. I don't know, you got, like, a, like, D'Angelo Russell carries some risk still. But where he, where he drafted him, I feel like it's totally worth it. Like, like just the reward, the reward is much more than the risk he took to get him, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think where he fell to in the seventh round of the draft, like, to, I don't know. Like to grab like an Akil Alexander Walker, I don't know. But I'm not persuaded. Like uh, 
if, if everything clicked, maybe he could be a D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, I mean, D'Angelo Russell's like already there, basically. Just needs to, you know, be a little competitive for a year. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I, I think John – I don't know if John's looked anything from our advice. He's, I think, still all in on the same strategy. But, I mean, the players are more effective, obviously, to execute it. Um, you know, yeah, the big man stats remain a crucial issue. Um, and, you know, like John says, you only need five stats. So, uh I guess we could ignore, you know, field goal percentage, rebounds, and blocks, and you know, that's, that's what people. And... That's what people who who go for that strategy often neglect. And it's not just one category; it's three categories. <laughs> well, yeah, at a minimum, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Miles Turner gets three point four blocks, but nobody else in this roster looks like it. They're, I mean, I guess Nurkic a little, but like honestly, he's better. He's, he's better off trading Turner for like Chris Tapps, and uh, so he so he can fill the the power forward center spot and just have more guard stats from that, you know, really, really strength, strength, build the team. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, John, John should be competitive. And yeah, I mean, you would think he's, you know, going to be able to five, four, six, three his way into the playoffs with this strategy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. And you, you can't, it should be good. You figure right? Maybe injuries could be an issue to some degree. And yeah. Yeah. see a lot of guys here that, have some red flags, but yeah, it's a John team. I don't know, nothing, nothing new here in my book. Okay, I think we discussed everyone. Did we discuss Andrew's team yet? Let's go to Andrew's team. Yeah, I think we still have the suburbs. Bibsy and Andrew to hit. Yeah. All right. Trust the process. Yeah. So I, I think Andrew. Andrew was, I guess, part of my wing of the draft where uh, we did not have too much to work with this season. Uh, so he was missing his fourth, fifth, sixth seventh ninth rounders um so yeah i mean he grabbed christian wood in the first round third round of the draft um kept john morant which i don't know if that's the if that was the best choice at the end of the day but uh, i don't know if you want to if i recall he didn't have many options uh i think he did i'll pull it up quickly oh there were Uh, sorry there were one or two there were one or two that i was surprised that he did not choose over him. He didn't have any good third options, I think, but let's see. Yeah, I got it here. Uh, I mean, Brian Bridget Ingram, you could consider. You got uh, Miles Turner's up there. Yeah, I guess uh, he went, he's going for the upside. It's going to be, what, year three of John Jimmy now. Butler would be the natural, I guess, the easiest option. Yeah, we all uh, we all don't like Jimmy Butler, for, uh, and Andrew especially. So I think it's still a good upside pick. I don't really like this team. Uh, I mean – I see like a lot of like low efficiency guards. Um, I, I just don't know what this team really is. Uh, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, he, he grabbed some decent names down there. I mean, you know, from where he's drafted, he didn't have many options. And he got you know, Derek Rose, who I guess will have moments. He usually has like a month or two where he's pretty good. He just want to drop him for the other parts. Uh, like Desmond Bain could emerge. Marvin Bagley, everybody thinks could have a moment every year, but you know, the percentages and the free throws and the turnovers and the steals and the blocks are never there. Like Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, Ugh. you know. Reddish they, is terrible. Reddish is really bad. Again, in the playoffs, he looked okay at moments. It's a flyer. I mean, these are all flyers. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Andrew's looking at like a, if he's actually making the playoffs, he's making like a, Easy 200 moves, probably 300 moves when it's all said and done kind of season. Like, uh, this is like a Justin type of roster, you know, where like you really gotta, you really gotta churn through it. 
Um, yep. The Kawhi Stop. pick. And it's just let it go. You just, you just got to throw in a towel on him. You, <laughs> you tried. Just, he's, he's, not a, he's not keeper worthy. He's just, it's, it's too much risk. Too much That's risk. Sad. Uh, do do you think Andrew will be able to make enough moves to make the playoffs this year? What is your gut telling you right now? My gut is telling me no right now. Just, I mean, if we're assuming that you know John and Garrett and Trevier are going to be up there, uh, we're saying Corey and Duran are going to be around there. I mean, that just means that it's not going to be easy to you know scrape by the week to week. You know, you're not going to be able to make a few moves on a Sunday and uh, you know win the blocks and steals and try and pull out a few stats. I don't know. Let's uh, I mean, let's see. I mean, you can pull up this the early season schedule in the first place just to see what he who he's taking on. Uh, the first weeks are gonna be the toughest. He's got Corey, Justin, Eric. All right, well, the first three weeks aren't too bad. So I mean, that's you can take the season, that. If you get through those early weeks, especially, and that's when the volatility really kicks in. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a questionable roster, you get a little momentum, you make a good pickup or two. You can ride it out and, and kind of get lucky and then make some trades and people start quitting. But um, Week four is Duran, and then week five is Levy. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. those first five weeks, uh, that's definitely a soft underbelly. Uh, so, yeah. he'll have some time to figure things out. But, I don't know, he's yeah. got to hit some things. Yeah, get a little lucky. All right, let's hit, uh, let's hit Bibble Shribbles. Uh, should be a similar conversation with Justin's team. Uh, let's – quickly go through what he was working with in the draft board. Uh, he had no third rounder, but two fourth rounders. Uh, oh, no, excuse me. No, he had a third rounder. He's, yeah, he's tried trading everyone on, on earth his third rounder. <laughs> no fourth and no sixth. Uh, two seventh rounders. So it's it's almost an even draft board for Justin. Um, kept Julius Randle in the fifth round. I mean, I don't know. It's the reality is somewhere in between with Randall based on like what we saw in the playoffs, what we saw in the regular season, but like the Knicks are more talented. It's not going to be like Julius Randall all NBA show again. Uh, I don't know. As you go down the draft board, I mean, I don't know. Nikhil Alexander Walker, I think it's a lot of hype. And I mean, I'm not convinced he's just going to suddenly click as a shooter. Um, yeah. I mean, Justin was reaching. I mean, I don't know. Graham and Sadiq Bay, Jalen Suggs, Isaiah Roby. I mean, uh, well, I what think I will say, who happy these guys are. But, what uh, I will say in Justin's defense here is I think if you do have a scattered draft board, you're better off taking a bunch of gambles because if like if two or three of them hit and you're going to make ad drop, tons of ad drops anyway on some of the other guys, like you, you might as well go for the home run swings because the, the not so good players will wind up on like you, you could replace the other ones anyway. Uh, if you don't give yourself any upside to go. So I, I like what he tried doing. I'm not sure that the names he wound up with, like, like some of these are like Scotty Barnes, a lot of hype about his defense. I don't know if that's going to translate to fantasy. Um, it may, it may translate to minutes. Yeah. Jalen Suggs, I think should get all the minutes he handle can handle Roby. When he got like even 20 minutes a game last year, he really put up good, like off scoring rebounding numbers, um, which kind of shocking watching him in college uh, <laughs> in the big 10. Sadiq Bay, another guy, like every coach raves about him. Uh, he had his Team USA experience, I think, this summer. And, uh, like, he should be, I think, getting a lot of minutes in Detroit. But you never know with Detroit. Um, and Killian Hayes, a lot of raving about him as well. So, like, maybe some of these guys click. I, I was less happy with the Aaron Gordon pick than a lot of those gambles. 
uh, Gordon is oh. like a, a perpetual oh. like he's not young, he's not young anymore and he's like he's he's not Denver gonna Gordon get a lot of touches. Yeah, if it was like what Orlando Aaron Gordon, I'd be like, yeah, like he'll fill the stats at least for you a little bit, what you need. But like he did even less in Denver than he did in Orlando, which is like my big concern. <laughs> like I mean, now it's just like a nothing. Like there's no there's no even upside at that point. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, just need uh, a few like proven bodies, but I, this, I mean, this could be the year. Look at this roster. Like, this could be the year that he 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 really misses on the playoffs. Like, this is a very very weak roster. I mean, you got um, Stephen Adams, Malik Beasley, like Rui Hachimura. Like, those guys will like put up some stats at least to fill things out. But uh, I mean, like the keepers, he has a bonus and Mitchell. Drew what is Holiday. what is what is Justin's early schedule? Because this one this early on if he's not making uh, look he may make 30 moves a week in the early weeks and and make it move um which like again uh, w- what a what a good way to to like win a fantasy league but um oh, he's got he has to make garen week one okay and he has him and andrew could be like a, a winner go, loser goes down matchup <laughs> in week two and then duran's week three john week four um and then it gets a little easier for him so it's not the easiest. I mean, I think Garrett's week. Garrett needs to put him down week one, really. If if we don't want to see Justin hang around kind of year, uh, so no pressure there. But it would uh, be a nice gift for us all. Uh, have we? Uh, so we haven't. We have, We've hit everyone we except for except for the two except for the three teams that you did reviews of and yourself. Okay. So uh, I think we want to discuss those. I think people should read. Is is what I think. That's fine. Let's. Let's we'll give a quick. I doubt Eric's listening, so let's give a quick Levy run through just in case he's listening. I'll give him the benefit. Well, I should know. He's not. He's he's not uh, listening. I mean, he never listens. So. Right, so fuck it. All right, let's get out of here then. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. My own right, team. Let's, we have what to do. But yeah. yeah let, let's touch uh, on our last our last really true fantasy based thing that we want to talk about here. Um, lessons learned for the Conley courts and observations from managers meeting 11. Is there something specific you wanted to touch on here? Uh, no, I wasn't getting, I didn't want to do, to go too deep on anything in particular. Um, I think, I mean, I think we, we touched upon the general, I think outlook of where the league wants to go. Uh, it's interesting. People just seem to be a lot more interested now in uh, making changes, which is probably healthy for the league's longevity. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting that people are uh, people are opposed to being plugged into the basketball, but they are interested in modifying how the game is going to operate. So I don't know. It's interesting a uh, trade off. But I mean, you know. by saying plugged into the basketball, you mean watching watching games, which is like a I've always found very strange. Where like this is a game where like you could, you could watch box scores and like the games don't matter that much if you can understand what's happening in the game through the box score. But you, you seem to think that if you're not watching every, every night of live basketball, then people aren't participating properly in this league. I just don't think you're maximizing your, like your ability to be successful. And I think, you know, if you want to, if you want to know guys who, who you should be targeting, you know, as the season progresses, who's likely to, you know, really have some value. I mean, you need to understand who's good in the rotations and how the rotations are going to move in the future. I mean, that's ultimately how you're going to be able to interpret and foresee these players and beat somebody else to them. I mean, we can all see think, somebody put up a big line. It's more about seeing it before it happens. 
Well, I think that's more about like reading articles and listening to podcasts and stuff than watching the actual games, right? Because like you could watch like the ABC broadcast, you know, every week, every Sunday, and like watch like the local, like the Knicks game and like even a TNT game, but you're not going to necessarily feel the rotations. You gotta, it, it's it's more than just watching the games. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I think I think we both agree that like it is good that people are are you know open to changing the league where they think it's going to be better. I think we've had a lot more. I think the one thing, you know, the zoom obviously has been helpful, but I think like people have been much more open about like the reasons for stuff and like um, just kind of communicating the why behind their thought process, which has not always been clear. Um, And I think it's just been better for everything. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. No, it's, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Let's see. Let's see. uh, Let's see what we got this year. Another year of fantasy greatness. Yeah. Uh, a lot of NBA stories going on right now. Maybe we'll take five minutes and touch on these. We, you kind of mentioned Zion and his injury. He's going to be out for a bit. Uh, there's the Ben Simmons drama. There's the Kyrie drama. There's the DeAndre Ayton drama, um, which that one actually took, took another step today. I don't know if you saw that Phoenix offered uh, um, Bridges uh, a four-year $90 million extension while Ayton's been complaining publicly that his extension has not gotten done. I, I think that's kind of uh, – that one may evolve over the season. I don't know if he's gonna, just going to play his ass off until he gets that money. But um, are any of these, are any of these like, interesting to you still, any of these, uh, these, these topics? Uh, I mean, I think with the – I mean, I, with the Aiden extension, I don't know why you're paying Bridges all that money and not just uh, paying Aiden at the same time. I mean, I don't know. Bridges is like – He's a quality player, you know, certainly deserves to be, like, in your, like, rotation for a title contender. But, like, I don't know. He hasn't shown me enough to convince me that, you know, he needs to get a huge long-term contract. Already. He's not, he's not like, a lead ball handler. Like, first off, you have – like, you need Chris Paul to be your point guard. So, like, when he retires, you need to fill that with a capable point guard. Like, if you're locking all that money up on, a like, a secondary shooter and, like, tertiary ball handler, like, I don't know why you're spending that money – and Aiden proved himself in the playoffs that he could, he's a switchy guy. He can defend. He can accept his role within the offense, uh, which a lot of big men cannot do in this league once they get to that level. Uh, and he's probably better than a lot of those guys offensively, anyway. Like he's like he, I mean, to me, he's much better than Rudy Gobert offensively. Um, he do all the pick and roll stuff plus post ups and passing and all that. So uh, it, it's insane to me. Um, Personally, I'm over the Ben Simmons and Kyrie stuff. Like those stories are like dead, dead to me. Like when something happens, I mean, wake Kyrie's, me up. Go, Kyrie's going nowhere. But I mean, Ben Simmons is an interesting piece if he gets moved. Like I don't know. There's a lot of teams I think that it could be funny to got traded to. And like I don't know. I mean, I know people like mention like uh, like the Blazers or like I don't know. Like even like somehow like Draymond left the Warriors and then got on the Warriors. But like I don't know. Like you could plug. I think you could plug Ben Simmons into a lot of teams. And there's the only one place where he's going, in my opinion. It's the Kings. It seems too crystal clear that A, the Kings would be the team to overpay. B, they actually have like two solid like point guard, shooting guard hybrids in Halliburton and uh, Davion Mitchell, who they love, who don't necessarily need the ball in their hands all the time to be successful. So like Simmons would be able to fit in defensively and offensively there. Um, and like the Sixers could maybe get like, I don't know, bring back Rashawn Holmes, bring back you know, De'Aaron Fox and like call that, call it a day. I, I, you know, I, I just think they have the right asset blend there to, to make a trade work. Um, 
Yeah, but Kyrie, hopefully he rots. And uh, <laughs> Ben Simmons, it'd be fun to see him get moved, but I don't know. The crazy, do you see the other story about Ben Simmons that broke this week about how his teammates thought that he was faking being exposed to COVID before game seven of the playoff series? No, I do not. I do not. <laughs> yeah, NBC, Spor- NBC Sports broke the story that, like, apparently um, he saw some masseuse that, like, was possibly ex- exposed to COVID and Simmons said that he saw her, but they, like, there's no log of like him going to see her. And uh, a lot of the teammates think that he faked, he faked it. So he, like maybe he wouldn't have to play because of the contact tracing. That's great. Come on. So he was scared to play. So he just, yes. To yep. <laughs> I don't know. Wouldn't be willing to do this sit out quick. Crap, that's what okay. your teammate. That's what your teammates are thinking of you, though. I mean, I don't know how they're going to play him, but yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how he goes back to play at this point. I mean, he said enough shit, you know, and beat and everybody else said enough shit. Just like I don't know. I understand he has to increase his value. You know, he'll put up good games, and you know that'll make teams interested. But I don't know. What's done is done. Daryl Morey's got to uh, bite the bullet at this point. Just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Oh, I think is Wednesday opening uh, opening day of the Rutgers college basketball season. Is that a uh, I think first Lehigh, right? Or how not far this away Wednesday? We? Not till November, uh, I think. It's November. I think, I think like November seventeenth, maybe. We're like about we're about like three uh, weeks yeah, away. That's what it was. We're like three okay. weeks away. All right. Hi, do you have your season pa- your ticket package lined up yet? Or uh... well, my dad, my dad's um, season ticket mate does, doesn't want to go to the games if he has to wear a mask the whole time. So I may be in line for going to more games this season is what I've been told. So uh, I think they'll be good. I think, I think the, the, the coach is overhyping a little bit, um, but I, I'm excited. I think, I think they'll, they're going to be back in the tournament. Um, yeah, I, I, do, I do think that I'm an optimist in that regard. I think the talent is good enough and built like a true team more so than last season in a lot of respects. The, the interior defense, if it holds up, I think – that that's going to be what defines the season for them. If, if they could if they could get stops inside um, without Miles Johnson, then they'll be fine. And if not, it's going to be a long, long year. Well, that was the case last year too. Basically, whenever Miles Johnson wasn't there, you know, I mean, they were a team last year. Just I mean, they didn't have the depth maybe, but I don't know. It was more. I mean, last season's failures were more just because they they forgot how to shoot the basketball. Too well, they they the also time. the first like seven games of the season they had like perfect ball movement and and like team yeah. teamwork and then it just totally collapsed. So uh, yeah. and, and it's rewatch Illinois game. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we're in for a year of uh, a dose of reality of you know Rutgers college basketball, but I, hopefully I'm, I'm wrong. I'm glad to see your cynicism back, Ira. It's it's good. always always a fun. Surprise around this time. I don't, don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get burnt again. I already got burnt enough. You know, we like we said, we basically we made the final four last year for all intents and purposes. <laughs> Nobody will tell us otherwise. You know, it's, it's, it, it, we we could imagine in our minds. You know, we could just like fast forward it from the dunk to the final four. Well, this is but, like uh, I now have this for each of my teams because like Maryland, we had that for the 2010 tournament where, where we lost on like a Kalen Kalen Lucius like crazy shot. After Grievous Vasquez went like end to end to score a layup to put us up over Michigan State, and then Michigan State went to the Final Four, and like we, we were just the better team that year, and ugh, it, it just it hurts. So like we we were the national championships in 2010, 
Maryland and, and Rutgers was a final. They, they weren't winning last year, but they were final four last year. So, um, speaking of uh, you know people who think they're winners but are really not, uh, Matt Mowers back in the political arena. He's going up against Chris Pappas again. We'll have to get the the site going again. But uh, it, it, the question really is begged by Eric's new fantasy team name. Uh, does Mowers have a shot at winning this time? Up in uh, up in what the Granite State? <laughs> up in the Granite State of New Hampshire. Uh, I mean, it kind of seems like he does. I mean, I don't know, just like with, I mean, it was a swing district to begin with, right? So I mean, with the way the country's going, I mean, I saw uh, what's her name, Nikki Haley, endorsed him like a few days ago. So I mean, I think the establishment will. Once again, whatever you want to call the establishment, we'll rally around Matt Mowers again. I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping the Republicans up there have enough like anti-bullshit meter. Like they're they're pretty bad because I like I know the politicians that were ger- gerrymandering seats and stuff like that. Um, but I hope the common people see through him and see the fraud that he is, like they did last time. Um, he had plenty of endorsements last time. He had like Corey Lewandowski and Trump and. All these yeah. real well, now skinny he's getting, people. He's getting bashed for the Lewandowski connection now. Or Pappas is saying, you know, uh, he's still letting Corey Lewandowski uh, consult for him after, you know, all of his harassment crap. So, yeah. And then Mowers is saying, oh, well, you know, uh, he was a, he hung out with the one person that voted to eliminate two police officer positions in order to have money to, <laughs> you know, support social programs. So, you know, this is a, this is proof of his radical progressivism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, By the way, I'm, I was stalking his LinkedIn, uh-huh. and Brad Brad Quarter has endorsed Mowers for things on LinkedIn. Uh, it's I don't know. I'm a bit disappointed. For skills, this is this is yes, for skills. Yeah. This is the sad reality of, of you know DC culture, man. In politics, yeah. Everyone, well, they're all everyone's friends, you know, on both sides of the aisle, you know, outside of the outside of the political arena, and because uh, the, they all gotta help each other out. It's it's uh it's like the coaching trees, you know, in, in sports, you know, someone could kill a guy and all the coaches are going to get their back because like, it's part of the coaching fraternity. It's the same thing in politics. Right. I mean, this is, you know, I like to think in, you know, you spoke about the big boy years, we actually have some, uh, some moral standards and character, you know, if you're not going to support me in the comedy. Well, I think, I think, I think Brad, Corden has, blood, a lot of, you know? I think Brad Corden has a lot of moral, moral character. I'm sure if you asked him about it, he would tell you uh, why. And maybe, maybe even listen to you pulling those endorsements. Uh, though LinkedIn is, you know, I don't think Mowers is getting his job jobs off of LinkedIn these days. So anyway, um, speaking of people moving places, cause you know, Mowers is always bouncing back and forth from DC to New Jersey to New Hampshire. Uh, you have on the rundown here, when will Trevere move back to the area? I, th- I thought you guys had a, uh, some sort of bullying that was supposed to be planned for around this time. If he wasn't back. Uh, I haven't seen any, any moving signs posted around the area yeah, here. Yeah, no. so I haven't. I've I have not heard of any progress yet. Uh, yeah, I think last I heard, Drew was going to check out a place. I don't know if he did so or not. I guess nothing came of it. But yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, obviously, Paul, if we were going to have a bowling session, you would have been invited. Uh, we couldn't have happened without you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 on the calendar for November first. So yeah, we'll have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Just tie up some loose ends there and make sure uh, we're all on board for that. But uh, yeah, have you, have, I mean, have you considered renting uh, like an Astro van and like you know doing the thing in the movies where like you you, you hop out of the van, like throw them in and, and blindfold them and take uh, them somewhere? You'd be like, okay, you're doing kidnapping. Okay, but what, but what you should do is you should make sure you capture him with his checkbook 
And you bring him to like a, a realtor in, in Hoboken, you know, we have one, we, we, Eric Eckhart's around the area, you could get him in, in on the whole thing and just get Trevor to sign a de- security deposit on the spot, you know? Get him in the hometown discount. Yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> It sounds like another excellent little Chrome's production, you know, just uh, <laughs> the kidnapping of Trivier. It's, it's not a bad idea, but I don't know. We're, the, the time is running out, you know. Now we're heading the winter, and naturally in the winter, everyone's just like, oh, you don't want to run in the winter. It's a horrible oh, no, time, definitely not. horrible cycle to be on, you know, at that point. It's, actually, usually, it's, it's actually cheaper to move in the winter because it's not like a hot market. I've, I've, I've moved several times. Like, you run the risk of, like, getting snowed out on your moving day, but um, – the, the prices sometimes are a little bit cheaper and they'll give you like a 13, 14 month lease to try to move it towards the spring. So like November, December move. The, we started early actually, I think in February, uh, Trevier and me and a 12, 17 back in the day. But, uh, you know, it goes both ways. It's like, oh, it's cheaper, but there's also no properties to find in the winter, you know? Right, there's, right, right. There's always, there's always it, another component to the tail. <laughs> well, that's, that's how I've noticed with real estate. Every, all this stuff is like, total bullshit all the time they're like oh it's a seller's market it's like well, it's also a buyer's market like right because you know oh it's a seller's market because you're able to sell the market's up 10 percent. but then if they're going to go buy a new place like then they have to pay the 10 percent premium on wherever they're buying to so like it's just everything it's inflation it's not really <laughs> it's not really a beneficial market to anybody but because you're always a seller and a buyer you're never just you know no one's selling their house and they're going to live on the street. It doesn't work that way. But yeah. This is true. At least the, true. the common man without multiple houses. So yeah. All right. And then, uh, all right, let's hit the final, I guess the final segment of the rundown that we have and, today. And, uh, by, by the way, this is really, we should discuss this. You have it as wedding season. The, I, the wedding season breakdown has been part of this podcast now for like two, three years, you know, discussing bachelor parties, weddings, expectations um and like you know the, the end is kind of in sight for for the time being i feel like you know uh, after after next may we kind of don't have anything else in the pipeline and uh it, it's been a strong segment here to end our podcast so hopefully we'll have to, we'll have to find something else new to to bring in here but let's, let's go ahead and, and discuss what we're going to discuss here yeah, I don't know. Three-year-old friends, three-year-old birthdays uh, are going to be as sexy as uh, what season, as sexy. But... no yeah. Well, we can get more creative. I don't know. We can do some sort of like, you know, hire a babysitter for the night, you know, so all the kids just stay in after the party and then the adults can go out, you know, do their thing. Uh, but yeah, well, we'll brainstorm that. We can workshop it. I guess you did plan this podcast to be delayed enough from Garrett's wedding to not have to discuss your behavior at the wedding. I'm wondering if that was part of the delay for this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's just timing with the season, you know? Hey, and I have a. Oh, two solid weddings under my belt now where I came out unscathed. So, you know, I'm as come back people, to where it's As complete. most people do from a wedding, Ira. Most people come out from a wedding unscathed. Now, we'll recap for our, for our listeners here that the last time we spoke, we had a very large conversation about pacing. This is going into Garrett's bachelor party, actually, the last podcast we did. Um, pacing, how that was important. Um, you didn't really succeed on the Friday night of Garrett's bachelor party. You kind of did a much better job on the Saturday night. Um, but, you know, you kind of saw that the pacing wasn't right. And then right at Garrett's wedding, pacing was no good. Um, you know, cause for concern going forward. Um, you know, as you're aging, your pacing is not doing so well anymore. Uh, what are your thoughts, of, you know, a few weeks removed from that wedding now? 
Uh, you know, thoughts are that the uh, the cut's healing pretty well. Uh, it had a few a few ups and downs in the process, but uh, uh, as Leanna comes in and tells me she's ordering her wedding dress, give her the credit card. Uh, Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I, uh, my thoughts are, you know, I don't know. It, a combination of factors, you know, it's just a bad, a bad mixture. I feel like it's it's hard to connect all the dots fully. Uh, I've been kind of collecting clues bit by bit from uh, various parties that were present during the wedding. And I, I, I could have sworn we were at like six drinks going in, going into the actual like ceremony. And you know, I've heard eight has been thrown around, which I think was more like six. But you know. The, the bartender was making vicious drinks at that cocktail hour. She was a uh, multiple, multiple sources have verified. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, I, I went for too many shots. It seems like. Uh, oh, good. Finally. Yeah. An, an I statement there. I was waiting for that. You know, I hear oh, I, I'm blaming the we that took drinks before uh, some personal accountability will come. Do, do you think you'll be able to hang at Lady's wedding this, this coming week? Yeah, I think I'll be perfectly fine at Levi's wedding. There's no, no need to worry about that. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, mean, I don't want to bother myself. I mean, there you you are going up early to go to the casino in the morning before the wedding, I believe, right? Yeah, and, I, and I've, you, I've you, softened my stance on that. So. Okay, because you never you never oh, want I to probably, turn down you never been one to turn down casino drinks for free, Ira. So I'm a little concerned that you're going to go to the casino. You know, lose track of whether you had six or eight drinks, and then you know be pretty bombed at the wedding. I think well, we we we've been we've discussed this before, you know, strategies for managing one's intake, and I, for me, it seems my best strategy is just I stick with beer. I stick with beer, and then you know, I'm at a proper pace. You know, I did it at the house of Q two. I've done it for. Sorry, I, I did. I, I, I did a, Well, first off, the, okay. the past two the past two our friends weren't at a different pressure on you drinking. I, I, I went to a Delaware wedding. Delaware wedding on Friday in Boston. That, that that's a very. Uh, the, the drinks were flowing. I'll have, I can assure you, you know, okay. uh, I'd say, you know, probably people there could probably drink a lot more than some of our bitch ass friends. I'll have, you know, uh, are you committing, are you committing to a no shot wedding here? I would, I mean, I, I would say like, I'm going to pace myself to such a degree that like, if oh, I was to go. have a shot, the night would be coming to an end. Uh, it's just, I know, how to, I know how to manage just beer. Okay. You just go beer, man. All right. Well, let's, let's hope you can do it. Uh, beer, you're even clear, right? I think that's the same. Anything else you're looking forward to? Right. The... Lots, a, lot of people came out, a lot of people came out very hungover, though, from what I hear from Garrett's wedding. You know? It was nothing, a tough experience nothing, for everybody. Nothing wrong with the hangover, Ira. Nothing wrong with the hangover. No, that's fair. A- a- anything else major you're looking forward to at Levy's wedding uh, coming up this weekend? Uh, Levy's wedding? Uh, I think it'll be a good time. I'm, I'm curious. You know, I guess the uh, upstate New York, different vibe. So, you know, I guess I'm curious to see kind of how things are. And, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to be on the other side. You know, when you're like, when you're in the wedding planning and then like, as you're more so just a spectator to the wedding action, you know, it's uh, kind of two sides of the story. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing about how much people lost in the casino and stuff. You know, I got my AC trip in a few weeks back. So, there I got my gambling bug uh, properly scratched there. Um, and, yeah, so I think it'll be nice to I guess kind of close the book on these fall ones and then, you know, we look to the real man weddings, you know, in 2022. 
how's how is planning going so far i obviously you said liana has picked out a dress which is you know big as we're coming up a few months away here uh, she may change her mind a few more times until then but she's gonna order like five eh, maybe 10 dresses and return nine of them or eight of them you know it's gonna be a this is gonna be a long-term process but um yeah you know, it's we were making good progress and then we ran to a speed bump you know uh yeah i will say it's 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 tough there's there's a level of there's a level of awkwardness because i know like when it comes to like the delaware wedding like there are like many friends at the delaware wedding i'm not gonna be able to like to my wedding and then you're like you know everyone's talking about the wedding and it's just like you know gotta 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 put in some like subtle hints you know I'm like oh we're going for a smaller thing you know? so what, what, uh, what, what i've come to notice is that people don't necessarily get offended like i've been invited I've been invited to weddings where I didn't invite the people and their wedding was after mine. And like, it's fine. No one gets that offended. And if they do, like they weren't at your wedding. So who who really cares? You know, they're not going to hold a grudge against you forever. I suppose so. Yeah. As you said, the wedding season has practically reached its conclusion. So. Yeah. I I mean, at at the time people like you think it's like, you know, people are, you know, you know, hold big grudges and stuff, and you'll see. It's just it's not the case. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I'll have to I have to make the jump over, and we'll find out for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's more so the little stuff that at this point, you know, we have to do the stupid Bonnie Hotel in Brooklyn. I mean, you know, it's just you know, we had a hotel and they took it away from us. It's a bunch of bullshit. Um, but yeah, and Brooklyn hotels, you know, it's not a proper. Uh, not a proper five star hotel you find when actually has space in the room. It's gonna be small, hipsterish, Brooklyn style places. So yeah. It's a process. It's a process. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll but, you'll get it all resolved, I'm sure. Uh you know, and, and after, yeah. And now we're just in training. We gotta get our tolerances up. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. After the, after this weekend, the next thing we have to look forward to is a, another bachelor party. So uh, you know, whenever that whenever that's gonna be. So uh, everyone needs to start getting their drinking pants up and, you know, getting, getting their weekends cleared. So it's going to be going to be a good time. Yeah, I probably want to take a few days off after, too, you know, if you're if you're smart planning ahead. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah. If I can't drink it, then you guys all have to. Right? Okay, that's how it works. Uh, well, you know, you're, it's going to be a lot of revenge for you, Ira, as I told you before. It's going to be a lot of revenge drinking for you. Yeah, you will not be just doing beers on your uh, at your bachelor party. I promise you that. <laughs> it's not going to go to a party if you kill me the first night, though. You know, well, uh, we'll kill you the first night, and we'll, that, and we'll kill you the second night. So as you get older, as you get older, it's that bounce back that goes away. You know, you kind of. I think what we'll have to do is we'll, get... we'll we'll basically treat you like a star college basketball scorer, right? We're like we know that no one on the team can contain you one on one, so we'll have to you know like get you drunk and. Like we'll, we'll rotate, we'll rotate minutes on you. Um, keep, keep the defenders fresh and uh, you'll just get worn down. That's how it's going to work. Okay. You're going to be like different looks, like, um, like different flavors of alcohol. Be different looks. You know, and then... you're, just gonna feel, you're going to feel a body on you all night, Ira. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, so I'm sure we'll get into details, I'm sure, further down the line. Uh, we'll have a few. I don't want to make a whole new podcast feed as we plan as the plans come together. Yeah, well, it'll it, uh, it have to be a spinoff pod, like, uh, like you know, like those. Um, what is it? Like, like when the Property Brothers get their own house and then they do a de- like they do a decorating show of their own house. It'll be like the spinoff version of you know, 
IP address, Ira's bachelor party. And, uh, you know, we'll have to be a rundown of that, but, uh, I think that's, I think that's all we got for today. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think our work is done here. You know, I will, uh, keep on down the team previews. Be nice to get see a little chatter on the message boards. Maybe, uh, I think some people still need to, you know, get their IL spots, uh, properly filled. So, you know, <laughs> it'd be nice if we could see some due diligence before the games get underway. Uh, you know, the butter works on Yahoo to set your rosters for the week. I think it takes two clicks, just two clicks. And Ira, for everyone Direct out there, when did, what, what day does the season start this week? Tuesday, October 19th. You might be listening right. to this on October 18th, Monday. The next day, you will have basketball games. The day after that, on Wednesday, you probably have more than 10 guys playing. You might need to put in the good players and remove the bad players that are playing that day. I know, I know. We may, or do we have to limit the amount of times we can set our rosters? Should that be part of the rules too, Paul? Maybe that could be at the next manager's meeting. Uh, well, I, I think that's, that's a competitive I, balance put in place. I think that's a perfect place to leave this uh, leave this podcast. Uh, our fun as always. Uh, I'd say best of luck to you this season, but it's fine. I don't need to say that. Um, but <laughs> looking forward to another season of this with you, and uh, it's going to be a good one. I think a lot of a lot of good talented teams out there. A lot of managers hungry for their uh, first, second, third, or seventh sternum. So uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Let's get it on. Take care.